0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts
1: now. Welcome back to our number two of today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you. It is 8.02 on your tucson tuesday morning and whether you're listening on the am side at 1490, on the fm side at 104.9 or if you're choosing to listen via the live stream found on espntucson.com we do appreciate you tuning in here every uh every weekday morning from seven to nine is tucson's only local morning sports talk show we know you, you have a a choice of where to get your sports news and entertainment uh and such from the uh from the other outlets and powers that be we do appreciate you choosing the Jeff Dean Show here on ESPN Tucson. You can also find us on podcasting. Uh, if you want to listen at your leisure, you can find uh, anywhere you get your podcast: Audible, Amazon, Apple, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, all the places you get podcasts, you can find the Jeff Dean Show. And a product of the Jeff Dean Show that we had in the original iteration of the Jeff Dean Show and now the post-COVID uh, time off, whatever you want to call it, uh, Jeff Dean Show is the the popular segment known as the deans list and the dunce list i get asked about it all the time and yes we have brought it back this is the uh, the fourth week that we've been doing it here uh since uh, basically you know basically since the start of the uh, of the football season we decided to bring back the deans list and the dunce list it's basically where i outline the heroes and the zeros from the weekend that was and we begin with the deans list as we always do we uh, want to acknowledge the, the good things that happened, the wonderful things that happened, the great things, the greatness in the world of sports over the weekend. And my number one on the Dean's List today from this past weekend is the wind in Los Angeles. <laughs> That's right. I'm giving the wind in Los Angeles the number one spot on the Dean's List today because with two outs in the bottom of the ninth of a one nothing ball game, pinch hitter Gavin Lux launched a ball into the night sky. The ball had a launch velocity of 107 miles per hour and a 22-degree launch angle. Now, those metrics may mean nothing to you, but to Jeff Passan, of course, great MLB writer who has taken a look at these metrics and gone full nerd mode with it, this is what he came up with. Batters this season, with those same metrics, a launch angle of 22 degrees, and a launch velocity of 107 miles per hour off the bat, were 55 of 62. So it only happened 62 times with those particular metrics, okay? They were 55 for 62. That means only seven of them resulted in an out, which is an 890 batting average. 38 of those 55 were home runs. The Dodgers had four such hits this year with those metrics, 107 mile per hour, 22-degree launch angle. All four of them were home runs, except for the one last night that would have tied the game in the bottom of the ninth with two outs. Instead, it's just a loud out that gets recovered in left center field, and Gavin Lux is left standing there after he had rounded first base, watching with jaw agape as the Giants celebrated win number two in a best-of-five series, and now the Giants have two chances to win that final game of the series to move on to the NLCS Make no mistake about it. That wind was the hero for the Giants last night, and look, it's it's the hero for America, really, right? When the Dodgers lose, America wins, and it's just kind of the way of the world. So, the wind getting my top spot on the Dean's list for this weekend. Dodger fans all across the all across the city of Tucson right now punching their radios, cursing my names, and that's good. You should be. Max Scherzer. Pitches a gem, and you guys can't score a run for him. He's going to shut out twice in this series. You scored all your runs in the second in the second game. What did I say? What did I say last week? What did I say last week when I was previewing this series? I said the Dodgers are going to outscore the Giants in this series, and the Giants are going to win the series. It's just the way it goes. It's just the way of the world. It's what happens. And I was li- I was listening to the game last night. I had, I had to go and uh, I li- I had to listen to the final inning in my car uh, as I was driving from one place to another. And the radio announcers that were announcing the game for the network basically were saying that you know the Giants were you know thirty-one and six in games decided by one run this year forty-one and sixteen or something like that whatever the number is I don't remember what the number is it's a lot to a little they they basically said that those are team those are those are statistics for a bad team he's like the 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 guys like oh the good teams blow teams out the bad teams are the ones that have to win one run ball games. I'm like, wow! You know, the di- imagine the disrespect of saying that the Giants are a bad baseball team. Major League Baseball's winning his team this year it was a bad team, apparently. This moron. I don't know who it was, and even his even his color uh, analyst was like, "Yeah, that's not how I see it." <laughs> okay, buddy, whatever. All right, now for number two on the Dean's list, and and look, number two and number three on the on the list today. Are going to be situations where I'm going to eat a little bit of crow. And I'm okay with that. Listen, if I'm going to sit here on this radio show and I'm going to tell you all the things that all the times that I'm right and prop myself up and pat myself on the back and injure my shoulder doing it, I'm going to tell you when I'm wrong too, because that's just the kind of fair person that I am. And I'm also a fan of self deprecating humor. So that's why I like to beat myself up there too as well. Lamar Jackson, number two on the Dean's list today. When his team needed him most last night, he performed like an absolute superhero. Last night's performance in the second half of that game against the Indianapolis Colts was nothing short of miraculous. Uh, it, it, was, it was absolutely insane what he did. I was watching the game b- between that and the, 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 the Giants game, and I'm just like, wait, what is happening right here? I stopped watching the Giants game because I was just like, every time Lamar Jackson had the ball, I had to stop and watch. Check this out. My boy Field Yates, you can find him on, on Twitter, at Field Yates. He d- puts together some amazing statistics. There have been 4,017 instances in NFL history of a quarterback attempting at least 40 passes in a game. Okay, 4,017 of them. Last night, Lamar Jackson completed 86% of the 43 passes he attempted, which is the highest completion percentage by a quarterback in those 4,017 games ever, ever. 86% is the highest percentage ever in a single game. Lamar Jackson in the second half, or after halftime, I should say, because the overtime period has to be put in there as well, had 335 passing yards and four passing touchdowns. After halftime, (laughs) okay, that's the most passing yards he's ever had in a single game in his career, the 335 yards. He was ridiculous. And I'll tell you another thing. Only one of his pass attempts of those 43 was made from outside the pocket. That, according to the the, the statisticians at ESPN, only one of his – only one of, his, uh, one of his 43 passes was from outside the pocket. Now, I have been very critical of not just Lamar Jackson, but quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson, saying that a quarterback who is a run-first quarterback who takes on all these hits unnecessarily will not be a quarterback who leads his team to a Super Bowl. Okay? And I'm still correct in that. You look at the, the litany of F- F- Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks, they all have one thing in common. They're not running the football as a primary weapon. But Lamar Jackson should be right at the top of your MVP list. If you're keeping an MVP list right now in the NFL, Lamar Jackson should be in that top five, probably in the top three. Did you know that his – what is what are the numbers? I think it's something like he has 1,831 total yards of offense. He's fifth in the league in passing. He's eighth in the league in rushing. Okay? Total offense, he has like 1,831 yards, which is more – More yards than 10 NFL teams have this year. (laughs) What? Yeah. He has more yards himself than 10 other NFL teams have, including the San Francisco 49ers who are right there, like five yards less than him. Unbelievable. Lamar Jackson is having quite a season, and he's showing just what an incredible athlete he is. And now he's starting to turn into a pocket passer. If, and I do mean this is a huge if, if John Harbaugh and that staff can turn him into a a pocket presence, a true pocket presence in the passing game, look out. I mean, like this it's over. You can you can write off any other chance of, uh, you know, of any other team having a chance in that division. That's just unfair. <laughs> Unbelievable. Now before I get to my final one, I have an honorable mention here Seth Small, kicker for the Texas A&M Aggies who kicked the game-winning field goal with no time remaining against Alabama to take down the, uh, the mighty Crimson Tide as the unranked Aggies of Texas A&M who had trouble scoring on Colorado a few weeks ago, hung a 41-burger at Kyle Field on Nick Saban in Alabama, and Seth Small kicked the biggest field goal of his life. Look, there will never be another moment that he lives higher than he was on Saturday night, and the reaction of his family sitting front row. His mom jumps over the wall. I think she was the first fan onto the field uh, to rush the field for the game winner there. Congratulations to Seth Small. Huge kick, huge, huge kick. The biggest one of your life, man. And the final entry in today's Dean's List, another quarterback that I was critical of, that I have just been – look, I've been happy to eat crow in this because, you know, I never thought anything poorly of the guy, but scouting reports that I had gotten on him – were that he just couldn't handle uh, pre-snap responsibilities in the NFL, and I'm talking about Justin Herbert. But folks, Justin Herbert is a superstar. He is a bona fide superstar at quarterback. Jimmy Johnson, whom I respect, Jimmy Johnson is is not often a guy who engages in misguided hyper hyperbole. Okay. Jimmy Johnson is a guy who often says, you know, this guy's the greatest I've ever seen at this. This guy is the best ever at this. But when he says it, he, it, it usually rings true. Like, he's he's usually correct about it. He's just, Jimmy Johnson's got a great football mind. He said on Sunday that if he were starting an NFL team, that he would draft he would take Justin Herbert over anybody else in the league, over Patrick Mahomes, over Aaron Rodgers, over Lamar Jackson. He would take Justin Herbert over Everyone else in the league, over Aaron Donald, over Jalen Ramsey, over whomever, doesn't matter, says he's the best player in the league. On Sunday, he was 26 of 43, very, you know, average numbers, okay? 398 yards, okay, Did, did, you know, put up some good numbers there, four touchdowns. But his drives in the second half in a shootout when his defense could not stop the Cleveland Browns, could not until, well, until the very last drive but his second-half drives were spectacular. These are the second-half drives for this for the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday. A 14-play, 84-yard drive culminating in a Herbert 9-yard run and then a Herbert pass to Donald Parham for a two-point conversion. The next one was a four-play, 61-yard drive culminating in a 42-yard pass from Herbert to Mike Williams for the touchdown. The next drive, 11 play, 74 yards capped off by an Austin Eckler run Uh, a drive in which uh, Herbert was 7 of 8 throwing the football. The next drive, a 6-play, 75-yard drive that took a minute and a half, capped off by an Austin Eckler 19-yard pass from Justin Herbert. And then finally, the final drive, or their final scoring drive, I should say, the final drive was a knee. Austin Eckler had a uh, 3-yard run after a 5-play, a 48-yard drive that lasted 31 seconds those are his second half drives. Absolutely ridiculous against a an extremely talented uh, talented defense in Cleveland, regardless of whether you think that uh you know maybe they quit on them or whatever, but they afforded 93 yards of offense for the Chargers, 530 yards of offense for the Browns. It was a shootout. And you need your quarterbacks to step up in situations like that, and Baker Mayfield gets into those a lot. Justin Herbert folks is he, he he's, he's the real deal. He's the real deal, and the Los Angeles Chargers might be the real deal in the AFC West, and they might be the real deal in the AFC. Like right now, the Chargers and the Bills, I'm looking at those two teams like, man, love to see those two teams play in an AFC championship game. Wouldn't you? Justin Herbert and Justin Allen or Josh Allen? Man, I uh, I I I would pay money to see that. I would pay good money to sit in the stands for that game. Sign me up. That's good stuff. All right, the dunce list. Everybody, everybody waits for the dunce list. I was like, okay, Dean's list. Move on, Jeff. What, who's on the dunce list today? Well, we're going to start with NFL kickers today. Yes, NFL kickers who missed 13 PATs over the weekend, starting on Thursday, culminating in a, uh, a Rodrigo Blankenship miss last night in the game for the uh, for the Indianapolis Colts that would have probably would have changed the outcome of the game. The game went into overtime and they lost. 13 missed PATs along with 13 missed field goals over the weekend. I prayed kickers were on my dean's list 2 weeks ago for the for the or 3 weeks ago for everything they did kicking NFL record field goals and guys going 5 for 5 and it was a hell of a weekend for kickers that weekend and for this weekend it was the opposite. 26 missed kicks in the NFL, just in the NFL this weekend. You know the most since week 11 of the 1987 season when there was 27 kicks missed. 26 missed kick, 13 PATs, by far the most in a single weekend since they moved the PAT back to the 15-yard line. NFL kickers right on the dunce list today. Look, it didn't take you long to fall from the Dean's list to the dunce list, and, uh, well, that's kind of the breaks of the, uh, of, of the list, unfortunately. Number two on the dunce list today. Is the timekeeper at Ole Miss Stadium? the The game between Ole Miss and Arkansas was a gem, and I mean an absolute gem to watch. It was, it was like watching like a pinball machine. Just go berserk. The second half drive. These are the these are the results of the second half drives in the Razorbacks Rebels game on Saturday. Field goal, touchdown, downs. Field goal, touchdown, 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 touchdown. Punt, punt, touchdown, touchdown. End of game after a touchdown and a missed two point conversion. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Are you absolutely kidding me? Now, in that game, the 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 Arkansas, the, the Arkansas the team, they got KJ Jefferson, okay, at, at quarterback. They score a touchdown. It's 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 what is it? it was it it was first and goal, right? Second and goal. Sorry, second and goal. Okay? There's Five seconds left on the clock. K.J. Jefferson, you know, kind of you know, he takes a snap, kind of looks around, looking, 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 throws the ball into the end zone, and it's incomplete. Sorry, that was on first down. That was first down. First and goal from the nine. Okay. Throws the ball incomplete. Game's over, right? Lane Kiffin runs out of the field. He's like, yay. Uh, no, there's one second left on the clock. Why? Because the old Miss clock operator, and I mean, the, I watched the replay on this. He must have – there's a little switch. You just click. You, just, you have a little, thumb, a little thumb switch, okay, if it's the same system I'm thinking of. As soon as the referees, you know, put their arms up or whatever, then you click that little switch, and it stops the clock. He stopped the clock as soon as the ball went off the hands of the receiver. Like, did not wait for the official to signal time. Just did it himself. Click. Dude, where's the home cooking? This is why home field advantage is so important. You get a home clock operator. Even the announcers were saying something about it. They're like, man, they're not getting any home cooking from the clock operator here today. That game should have been over. And, of course, what happens next, right? There's a second left on the clock. The officials tell everybody to get off the field. Look, nope. the clock – timekeeper says there's still one second on the clock. We're going to play one second. Arkansas scores a touchdown, and now it's a one-point game. And guess who at Ole Miss – Minus five <laughs> on his fan FanDuel parlay. That's right, yours truly. So, therefore, you, know, you, you, lose, you lose out on the bet. Obviously, it's not going to happen unless it goes to overtime. So, then I'm like, okay, let's go to overtime here. If Ole Miss scores a touchdown, we can still cover the, cover the five, right? Nope. Sam Pittman, head coach of Arkansas, says, I'm going to go for two here. I'm like, what are you doing? understandably, look, it's the right call. You don't want to put Matt Corral back on the field. Your team couldn't score or couldn't keep them from scoring the entire second half of that game. I just laid out all the all the uh, the possessions in the second half of that game. They couldn't stop them. So it's understandable that you would just go for two. You're like, I, I'm not doing this anymore. We're going to win or lose the game right now. I'm not putting the ball back in their hands. And, of course, they don't get the two, and Ole Miss ends up winning the game. But come on, man. Timekeepers. If you're a timekeeper for the home team, you got to let it just let it go, just an extra half a second. If you get that tick, the, the the officials are not gonna say anything. They're like, sorry, game's over. We have you know, we have less than a second left on our official time. There's no point, you know, six in, in college football or whatever. So game's over. Bro, j you know, help your team out a little bit. Probably without a job today, that poor guy. And finally, and I'll make this one real quick. Final installment of the dunce list. The Brooklyn Nets. Why, Jeff? The Brooklyn Nets. Why are the Brooklyn Nets on the list? Well, listen, you have a player, Kyrie Irving, who has seemingly refused to get his vaccination shot. Okay? State of New York requires uh, employees who are working within a building to be vaccinated, meaning that Kyrie Irving cannot play home games for the Brooklyn Nets this year if he's not vaccinated. Steve Nash comes out and acknowledges, he goes, I think we all realize that he's not going to be playing home games for us. In what world would you not fine a player for an inability to play games? Because of something is a personal choice of his. He did not get a waiver from the NBA, not a not a, a religious waiver, or a medical waiver from the NBA or from a doctor or from the state of New York to not get the vaccination. He's choosing to not get it. Therefore, he is choosing to not play in home games. How on earth do the Brooklyn Nets not have the stones to to find this dude? The Philadelphia 76ers said to Ben Simmons, look, if you don't show up, it's going to cost you $335,000 a preseason game. Every time you miss a preseason game, it's going to be $335,000. Guess who showed up knocking, literally, knocking on the front door of the Philadelphia 76ers facility over the weekend? Ben Simmons. You know why? Because they're going to start taking his money from him. That'll 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 force you to make a decision real quick, won't it? But the New Jersey Nets or the Brooklyn Nets just going to sit there and be like, uh, "We're just going to let this star player ruin our season and tell us how we're going to do business." So for being Kyrie Irving's, you know what, the Brooklyn Nets are on the dunce list for today. And there you have it. Today's Dean's list and Dunce list. Stay tuned next Monday, of course, at eight AM as we do it once again. The heroes and zeros from the weekend that was. And uh, looking forward to seeing just what mayhem unfolds over this next upcoming weekend. Join us for the Tucson Classics Car Show. I love these. Presented by the Rotary Club of Tucson. It's taking place this Saturday, October 16th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's going to take place at the Gregory School, which is on Craycroft, between River and Fort Lowell. You can enjoy over 400 beautiful classic cars. And they're also going to be raffling off, folks, a 2021 C eight Corvette Stingray. Have you seen one of these before? They are badass. Or fifty grand in cash, among other great prizes. It's fun for the whole family and it's great for the community. You can get tickets and more information at ESPN Tucson.com. Don't miss it. All right, coming up next, we'll switch to a little bit of baseball as a major league baseball playoff. So of course, in full swing we'll talk about that. There's still a whole lot more to do here on the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson.
0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: The puck drops on the hockey season tonight. And there's no better place to bet on the NHL than FanDuel Sportsbook. NHL parlays are the perfect way to make every shot feel like a hat trick, and you can turn that little bet into a power play payday. All season long, FanDuel is going to give customers, every customer, all season long, NHL parlay insurance. What is that, Jeff? It means you'll get $25 back, up to $25 back, I should say, each day if your parlay even falls just one leg short, okay? Now, if you don't have a FanDuel account, Sign up now using my promo code. Use the promo code DEAN so you can place your first risk-free bet up to $1,000. FanDuel, this is what they do. They hook you up with great odds, exclusive offers, and fun promotions. Plus, when you win, you get paid out in as little as 24 hours. I won big on the uh, the Fury-Wilder fight and got paid like b- before I was home from the game on Saturday night. Like It was already in my account. Like It's fast. And boxing usually takes a while. So... When they say you get paid out in as little as 24 hours, you do get paid out in as few as 24 hours. Sometimes it's just a few hours. This season, make every moment more. And bet on the NHL with FanDuel Sportsbook. And remember to use my promo code DEAN, D-E-A-N, so that they know that I sent you. NHL 21, all, uh, 2021, all rights reserved. 21 and over and present in Arizona. Parlay insurance is a max refund of $25 per day, a risk free bet for first online, real money wager only. Refund issued is non withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days for parlay insurance and 14 days for the risk free bet. Restrictions do apply. See terms at sportsbook.fandwell.com. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1 800 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342. Speaking of Fury Wilder 3. Uh, I did not get to see the fight. Obviously, I was at Arizona Stadium calling the game. I'm looking forward to eventually being able to watch the entire fight. Once it becomes uh, consumable, look, I'm not that smart on how to, like, pirate stuff. Like, I really don't. Like, like, (laughs) I'm just not that good at it, to be honest with you. I don't know where to go. People watch these things for free all the time. I'm not good at it. I'm not – I'm a guilty thief anyways. Like, I have the worst guilty conscience ever. I could never – if I did steal, like – You know, pay per view. I would probably go back to HBO or Showtime or ESPN or whomever, and be like, "I'm sorry, I stole this. Here's my eighty dollars. I was a bad boy. Here you go." But regardless, um, I did talk to a buddy of mine uh, in Vegas who is you know a friend of mine going all the way back to our days when we were covering when I was working with HBO and we were covering this, uh, covering the sport together. And uh, he was at the fight and just talked about, you know, look, it was it was a really good fight. It turned out a lot like people thought it would, but along the way, the way to get there through the first ten and a half rounds, uh, it was one hell of a fight. Uh, obviously, Tyson Fury getting the knockout in the 11th round of Deontay Wilder and uh, ending the trilogy there. And I, look, In my opinion, Tyson Fury won all three of these fights. He There should not have been a split decision in the fight, in the first one, in the draw. Uh, it should have been a unanimous decision. In my opinion, he was the better fighter the entire night that night. Got the TKO in the seventh round against a beleaguered Deontay Wilder in their second fight. And in this one, this was just two warriors going at it, throwing hands, throwing bombs on each other, man. I mean, it was it was that kind of a fight. I've seen a lot of the highlights, uh, the round-by-round highlights and things like that. And, you know, Tyson Fury goes down twice in the fourth round, the first time he's ever been knocked down twice in the same round. And Wilder was looking strong. He, he caught him a couple of times. He wasn't hurt. You know, just from looking at it. and Again, I didn't get to watch the whole fight, so I couldn't couldn't tell you exactly. Uh, it just looked like one of those, like a flash, like a flash knockdown. Okay, they they happen all the time in boxing. You get caught. It it causes stars. You lose your legs. You go down. Basically, the way it happens is you get hit. You're in the middle of you know you're, you're in the middle of toe to toe with somebody. You're thinking about your next move. You get hit. The next thing you know, you're on the mat, and you're like, "How did I get here?" It that's how quickly it happens. Uh, brain loses consciousness for a quick second, and then you regain it, and you get back up. That was, in my opinion, what happened with the Wilder knockdowns of Tyson Fury in the fourth round. Wilder got up off the mat in the third round, came back with a flurry, of course, in the fourth, got knocked down again in the tenth, and in that, in that instance, he was hurt. Um, I saw that knockdown, watched the replay of it. He was definitely hurt, and then came out for the 11th. Fury was leaning on him. Wilder was tired of getting leaned on. He stepped back to make a punch, and Fury hit him with a combo, and that was it. I mean, just knocked him out in the 11th round. So, look, great fight, great finish to the trilogy. I hope they don't fight again because, in my opinion, Fury's 3-0 in these fights. There's no reason to have a fourth one. Um, Be thankful that this one ended the way that it did and not amidst controversy. This was a true boxing fight for the fans Uh, And the Gypsy King moves on and continues to be one of the greatest heavyweights of our time uh, as an unblemished record, of course, 31-0-1. All right, stay tuned. Major League Baseball playoffs. We'll tell you what games are on slate today, where you can find them, how you can find them here on ESPN Tucson, and what to look for in the upcoming final couple of games in these division series. That's next here on the Jeff Dean Show.
0: Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson.
1: I forgot to mention this. Congratulations to our winner of the FC Tucson tickets, William Stone. William Stone was our winner of the FC Tucson tickets from back in hour number one. We'll have FC Tucson tickets all week long here on the Jeff Dean Show, so stay tuned for your chance to win FC Tucson tickets all week long here on the show. Major League Baseball playoffs last night. Look, (laughs) I mean, you can't can't say enough about what kind of a series we're seeing in, in like a couple of these series, honestly. I mean, the Red Sox walked off again against the Rays, securing that series by a count of 3-1. to one. They move on to the ALCS. Nobody saw that coming. Nobody predicted the Red Sox to win that series. At least none of the, none of the writers and experts, maybe one or two of them out there, but everybody was picking the Rays to win that series. They dom- I shouldn't say dominated, but they won the season series against the Red Sox 11-8. to eight. And had a a great bit of mojo going in uh, to this series, and you know, look, most people picked the Yankees to beat the Do- the the Red Sox in the wild card game. So <laughs> picking the Red Sox to beat the Rays was just like, eh. but man, what a series that was! A Couple of walk offs for the Red Sox, they're moving on. Now the Astros and the White Sox game was postponed yesterday. Astros lead that series by a count of two to one. They're going to play today. Um, that game is going to be at uh, 11 a.m. today and Lance McCullers going for the Astros, Carlos Rodon going for the White Sox, who has yet to pitch in this series. Lance McCullers was brilliant earlier on in the series, and uh, we'll see if that can secure the uh, the series for the Astros. I still think the White Sox are going to win that series. I have to. That was my pick. Um, so until they're, until they're dead and gone, we're going to continue to back that. Um, the Braves win by a count of three to nothing yesterday as they shut out the Brewers. I talked about it during my preview, and I you know, most people were picking the Brewers to win this series and a lot of people had them go into the World Series. A lot of people had them go into the World Series. They're a fantastic baseball team. However, I said in my preview, if Colton Wong cannot get going, he is you know, he's there you know, he's the 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 the, the, the the straw that stirs the drink (laughs) come up with the analogy the straw that stirs the drink he went 0 for 4 again yesterday and the brewers can't score like they just they are having the most difficult time scoring jock peterson hits the pinch hit three run homer for the braves yesterday and they end up winning that game by a count of three nothing braves pitching has been fantastic and even without acuna in the lineup they're able to uh they're, they're being able to score some runs as well so um the you know, Braves are in the driver's seat right now. They're up 2-1, to one, and uh, they play again today. That game's going to be at 2 o'clock, and it's Eric Lauer on the mound for the Brewers, taking on Charlie Morton of the Braves, who uh, pitched already once in this series, got the loss, has uh, an ERA of three so far, but they're going to go back to uh, Charlie Morton to uh, try and secure the win at home in Atlanta today. But, th- look, the series that everybody is interested in, the series that everybody is watching, the Giants and the Dodgers, Last night, an absolute gem of a game. The Giants end up winning the game one nothing off an Evan Longoria bomb. And I mean, that ball was crushed off of Max Scherzer. That was about the only mistake Scherzer made all night long. And, you know, I, as, the, as the PA announcer for the Giants in spring training, I get to see the team getting ready for the season, obviously. And the one guy who stood out to me, he stood out to everybody. I mean, he was hitting the cover off of the baseball in spring in Scottsdale this year. Was Evan Longoria every time? Every time he hit the ball, it sounded like a cannon going off. I think he hit six home runs in the spring, seven home runs in the spring. He had, I think, fourteen extra base hits. I mean, he was just crushing the ball in spring, and then kind of like had not a you know not a, a silent season, but it certainly wasn't as loud as it was in the spring. And I was just I'm like waiting. I'm like. Longo's going to hit one. I mean, he's he's a veteran. He's been in these situations before. He's going to be a, a difference maker for the Giants in this series at some point, whether it's with his glove or with his bat. And he was a difference maker last night. It was funny. After the game, he said, uh, I was just going to walk home if that ball didn't go out. He, I mean, even with the wind blowing in as hard as it was at Dodger Stadium, he just said, I hit it as hard as I could, and I was I was just going to walk home if that ball didn't make it out. Well, it made it out. That was about a 410 foot shot in that stiff wind. That ball was absolutely smoked. Um, and then it was the, the 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 Giants' defense, which we had talked about during the preview, just how good their defense has been. They commit two errors in game one. That ended up not you know not burning them. Uh, obviously, they win that game two nothing. But you know they didn't you know, they they didn't let the errors hurt them in game one. And the defense has been really really good since, and it really was on display in the game last night maybe the play of the game with two runners on as uh, – I don't remember who it was. It might have been Corey Seager. Lined the ball he, to the you know to the left side, left center. And Brandon Crawford at 34 years old, who has found the fountain of youth this season and is in the MVP running uh, for the National League, climbs the ladder. And I mean all the way to the tip top of the ladder to snare the line drive and secure the inning that made the third out in the inning. Inning over, Dodgers squander the two runners on the base there, and they have to move on. So, look, last night, Alex Wood, four and two-thirds pitching, only gave up two hits, no runs, uh, a couple of walks. He was never in really a whole lot of trouble. Um, Tyler Rogers came in, got into some trouble, but, again, the line drive, uh, the line drive uh, defense by Brandon Crawford bailed him out there. The Giants this year, look, the when you look at how they, you know, how they won the game, 107 game winners this year, absolutely, you know, huge number, obviously. Uh, one of the best ever. And they didn't, you know, they, they did lead the the National League in home runs, which is weird. Um, and we talked about that and, you know, how the the Giants leading, you know, the league in home runs is always going to be difficult because of the place uh, that they play home for 81 games a year. It's a difficult place to hit homers. But, their defense has been great. But here's one of the things that's just been, you know, unsung and outstanding for the Giants this year. Alex Wood, in games that he pitches following a loss, okay, the pitcher that they had last night, Alex Wood, following a Giants loss this season, the Giants are 13-1 in the games that he pitches following a loss. Now, I don't want to say that they lost game two on purpose, knowing that they're 12-1 and going into games that Alex Wood pitches after they lose because I wouldn't you know I wouldn't dare believe that that was actually true but because I am a completely unabashed Giants Homer and even more so a Dodger hater I will say that the Giants obviously lost game two on purpose by a score of nine to two knowing full well that they were gonna win the game on uh, the, the game three in Los Angeles with Alex Wood on the mound because they always do that's what my Giants brain tells me so today, the Giants and the Dodgers go at it once again. This time, it's an opportunity for the Giants to close out the Dodgers as they have a two-one lead. You can listen to that game right here on ESPN Tucson. Uh, coverage is going to start at five thirty, uh, but we're going to—they're going to let uh, Spears and Ali have their fun for the final twenty minutes or so of their show, thirty minutes of their show, and then we're going to join that game in progress immediately following the uh, Spears and Ali show this afternoon. So they're going to let Justin and Ali have their fun this afternoon. Let them talk to you because, look, they, they've they've had a long weekend like I have, and they've got a lot to say, uh, and I'm sure that they'll have plenty of insight into what uh, their thoughts of Arizona football and the weekend of the NFL and baseball and such were as well. So uh, stay tuned for that. That's today from 3 to 6 as we keep it live and local here on ESPN Tucson with Spears and Ali from 3 to 6. So. Tonight, the Giants and the Dodgers. The Giants have announced their starter. It's going to be Anthony DeSclafani. He's going to be on the mound for the Giants. The Dodgers have not yet named their starter. I mean, it's got to be Walker Bueller. I'm guessing at this point it has to be him because they have nowhere else to turn. Otherwise, they're going to be eliminated. They do not have Clayton Kershaw. He is out for the, uh, uh, for the entire postseason for them. And... So they're going to have to turn to Walker Buehler, uh, in my opinion. That's what they have to do uh, if they want to try to rescue this season. So the Giants now have two chances to win one game, and uh, we'll see if they can get it done tonight. It'll be interesting to see what the crowd is like in Los Angeles tonight after uh, a game like that yesterday. So things, you know, look, it, it's it's all happening right now in Major League Baseball. Super exciting. Love the division series. I don't like that they are five games. I mean, I get it. Most baseball games are played in three-game series, this a five-game series and then the sevens in the the championship and the and the World Series, of course. It's just it seems like it's over so quickly and there's some really good matchups and look, anytime you get to watch more playoff baseball it's just better for everybody. But uh, nonetheless the DSs are coming down to it cuz the uh, you know there are teams up 2-1 right now and interestingly enough uh, the statistic I believe in the history of the division series in Major League Baseball playoffs The team that wins game three to go up 2-1 goes on to win the series 72% of the time. So it's not overwhelmingly positive, but 72% is a pretty good number. And right now the Braves are up 2-1 in their series. The Astros are up 2-1 in their series. And the Giants are up 2-1 in their series. So we'll see which ones of those are able to uh, close them out, uh, whether it be tonight or in Game 5. And, of course, we'll keep you all abreast of that information right here on the Jeff Dean Show. Stay tuned. We'll come right back and put a big bright red bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. You're listening here on ESPN Tucson.
0: The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of The Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN, Tucson.
1: All right, one quick bit of news here before we move on to our final story of the day here on The Jeff Dean Show. The 2021 2022 Pac 12 Women's Basketball Preseason Coaches Poll is out as it's uh, media days, of course, for the Pac 12 Women's Basketball uh, programs here. And the, the coaches voted, and look, you're not allowed to vote for your own team, okay? So naturally, Stanford got 11 of the 12 first-place votes because Stanford's coach isn't allowed to vote for her own team, and most likely she would have. Uh, so that's the overwhelming favorite, of course. They are the defending champs, the three-time champs. Uh, they've won the Pac-12 24 times as Stanford women's basketball. They are an absolute institution, a monument of, uh, of greatness amongst uh, many many great programs here in the Pac-12. Oregon gets the other nod. I was kind of interested to see that Stanford's coach didn't vote Arizona as the other number 1 since you know that's a team that they played in the championship game in the tournament last year. She voted uh, I don't know what she voted Arizona but she she gave Oregon the number one number one uh, vote, her in the first place vote. So Oregon finished second in the voting. UCLA finishes third, which is surprising. Oregon State fourth, also surprising, but maybe even most surprising is that the national runners-up for in the entire country last year, Arizona finished fifth in the coaches voting, followed by Washington State, then Colorado, then Arizona State at eighth as their program continues to uh, scuttle a little bit under Charlie Turner Thorne. USC ninth, Utah and Washington came in a tie for 10th, and uh, bringing up the rear is Cal in the Pac-12 voting. Now, obviously, the coaches in the Pac-12 feel that Ari McDonald, as, as great as she was, is going to have her loss is going to have a, a hugely negative impact on the program, um, and that they're not going to be anywhere nearly as good. I think it remains to be seen with Kate Reese and Sam Thomas coming back and a a, a supremely talented team that Adia Barnes has put together there, uh, of course, for the for the women's program. They can't be denied. And, and look, fifth place, I think it speaks a lot about, yeah, the the, the overall talent in the Pac-12. It is the best conference in the entire country as it pertains to women's basketball, Uh, and Arizona being fifth is not – look, it's not a slight to Arizona at all. There's some really good programs. I'm a little bit surprised UCLA was third. I don't know much about – the women's basketball programs and the recruiting and things like that, but it just seems like maybe that might be a little high for them. I'm not sure. Maybe they're really good. I don't know. Um, but, look, Arizona being fifth, it's not a slight. that um, just, just shows you just how what great of a player Ari McDonald really was and is, for that matter. Finally, I want to just touch on this real quick. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on this. John Gruden has officially announced his resignation, said I have resigned as head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. It was announced during halftime of the game last night, as uh, several insiders and stuff had reported that he had turned in his resignation. Uh, John Gruden said, I love the Raiders and do not want to be a distraction. Thank you to all the players, coaches, staff, and fans of the Raider Nation. I'm sorry. I never meant to hurt anyone. These are stemming from the the resignation comes on the heels of several of his emails being leaked that expressed racist, sexist, misogynistic, homophobic, and just basically overall offensive comments that were publicly released in these emails. These emails go back a span of about 10 or 11 years, and they'd only recently come to light because of the investigation into the Washington football team and their hundreds of thousands of emails that have been going back and forth inside that organization uh, as the NFL tries to find any type of, of uh, you know misdeeds in, in the Washington football team because Gruden sent emails to Bruce Allen, the former president of the Washington football team. That's how these emails came to light. Gruden was, uh, at the time that so- several of these emails were um, were sent, was not a- an employee of an NFL team, but rather uh, an employee of ESPN, as he was a broadcaster at the time. And I found it interesting that on Sunday Night Football, both Mike Tirico and Tony Gun- uh, 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 t- Tony uh Jeez, why can't I, Tony Dungy? Why we kept saying Gundy? Tony Dungy, both came to his came to his aid and basically said, "Look, I know John. Mike Tirico said I worked with John in a booth, and I think that if he were that type of person, that that would have come out. That would have come to light. I would have noticed." They said that on Sunday, and all of a sudden Monday, the emails come out, and Gruden resigns, and there you go. Um, look, just be a good person like if you're out there you listen to this just be a good person don't be racist don't be hateful don't say hateful things about people it's just not a good look also i will say this if you're wondering about who might be a replacement for john gruden and the raiders jim harbaugh that's my name jim harbaugh that's my prediction that's my best guess as the replacement head coach in las vegas watch for it to happen All right, that's going to wrap things up for today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Thanks to Mary back in the studio. We'll see you guys here again tomorrow at 7 a.m. for another edition of the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson.
0: Thanks for listening to The Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson. From the Casino del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. KFFN Tucson, KWCX Tank of Verde, KMXZ HD for Tucson.